Hello and welcome to Dirty Talk. Um, my name is Sophia. I use she, her pronouns. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode. Um, we're all going to do our little check-ins and we're going to get into the topic for today. Um, I've been doing okay. Nothing is really new with me. I don't have any major updates. I have just been working, doing my little tasks and yeah, nothing big has been going on where we were talking about this before we started recording, but Mercury just went out of retrograde. So we're all feeling a little bit better, hopefully. But um, yeah, that's all that's going on with me. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm Vivian. Hello again, everyone. I use she and they pronouns. Um, and I had kind of the opposite month from Sophia. I um, started college, which is crazy. I have so many fantastic new friends who I love who might be listening to this. So, uh, hi guys. I love you. Um, but yeah, I've had a really hectic month. Uh, I moved out of like the house that I have lived in my entire life. Um, and yeah, but I'm doing great. I'm having a really fun time. Um, and like keeping up with my classes okay and everything. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, hi guys, my name's Orna once again. I use she, her pronouns. Um, for me, it's been like, I feel like a middle ground between Sophia and Vivian. There has been stuff going on for sure, but it's still definitely been very retrograde-y. Um, I'm on a gap semester, so I'm not in college. I won't be in college until January, whereas all my friends are in college. So I really just have one friend with me here who is also taking a gap year. Um, I started a new job today at H&M, which was, like, fine. I feel like it's going to get very monotonous very soon. But I guess that's just the way it is. Um, I turned 18 this weekend, so that was something exciting. And I got, like, my hair colored and cut in a different way to kind of celebrate that. But overall, yeah, I've just been... I guess the most exciting thing I'm doing these days is learning Italian and French because I want to study abroad when I go to NYU. Um, and I actually learned that I really do love learning languages. So that's been fun. Sweet. Sounds great. Um, so today's topic is pressure and stigma. So we're going to be talking about stigma around sex and like sexual health topics. Um, how those like vary in different communities. We're going to be talking about like pressure to like participate in different activities like throughout different ages or like times of your life um and we might talk a little bit about media we're gonna talk about a whole bunch of good things so let's just hop into it um the first thing that i was thinking about was how like pressure and stigma shows up um in like queerness and like queer youth because I do think that there is like this weird pressure to I don't know like I think that people tend to think that they're not going to be like accepted in a community that is like queer or under the queer umbrella whatever you want to call it if they haven't like had a sexual experience that is mm -hmm. not straight or not like 
I don't know what you would call that, but yeah, I think that there is like, there are a lot of messages um, that are super like toxic and just like really unfortunate and sad that they exist because I think it makes queerness feel really like exclusive and it's not um, like, it shouldn't be that at all. Um, but I think that a lot of the time, like young queer people feel like they need to like prove themselves to people who already exist in whatever community they're in. So that was just something I was thinking about when we were brainstorming. Um, if anyone has anything to add about that, but. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think especially like being queer, there's a lot of pressure. It's a really like, it's emphasized as a sexual identity in society rather than like a community that you're a part of and that like encompasses your entire life not just sex so there's a lot of like self-defining that comes along with like your first queer experience in terms of like sex um and that can be really damaging especially to a lot of kids that like want to come out but they're like oh I don't know um if I'm ready to like have sex yet especially like queer sex which is something that's so mystified especially in like its media portrayals um I think I'm not a gay man but there's a lot to be said about like the culture that gay men have around like casual sex um which can be really damaging I think as you're coming out as a like young person um so yeah I would say that I agree with what a lot of Sophia said and that it it can be really difficult yeah I completely agree with both Sophia and Vivian I think I've experienced that myself when I was like questioning my bisexuality and but I had never had like what well I thought that I've never had like an actual crush on someone who was like whose identity was like female you know obviously at times when it especially comes to like sexuality you might not know if you've had a crush or not and if your feelings were romantic, platonic, or, like, whatnot. And so, obviously, i just be like, well, yeah, I find, like, girls my grade attractive. But maybe it's just because, like, I want to look like them or I like what they're wearing. You know, might not mean I'm bisexual. I've never had, like, an actual crush. I've never, like, dated a girl. So, and stuff like that. And also, I feel like when it comes to um, what Sophia was talking about, like, under the queer umbrella, like, me, I've, I've had times and I've been like, am I bisexual? if I find myself liking guys a lot more um or does it just mean that on a rare occasion I like a girl like what does that mean for like my bisexuality so I definitely experienced that myself and I feel like that's definitely a big part of it there was a book I was reading um a couple weeks ago where it was this girl was struggling like she was in a heterosexual relationship but she was bi and she was scared that the gsa at like her school wouldn't accept her as like bi anymore because she was in a heterosexual relationship at the point in time and so i think just stuff like that is definitely very prominent yeah no that's definitely i've had that experience when i identified as bi i identify as a lesbian now um but when i did identify as bi i like had a lot of problems actually with my school's qsa and like feeling unwelcome there because they always talked about like how attraction to men specifically is so awful and something that like people shouldn't have or it was so gross um and so that made me feel really alienated um and like wasn't great in terms of like acceptance um and I had a lot of stigma around that and then like outside of that a lot of pressure to like um kind of moving into another topic like 
either start having sex or not have sex with my then boyfriend so I was kind of like so caught between a lot of like I don't know pushback from my own community and social pressure from like the rest of the world in two very different and opposing ways that was kind of awful um for me to handle at a young age yeah that makes a lot of sense um I think when both of you were talking like just that internal dialogue that kind of like like it starts from third party pressure but I think that it also becomes very like internalized and like it becomes a situation where like you feel like you're fighting with yourself when really it's like those are messages that you have grown up like hearing and they're not necessarily true or like real and I think that it just goes to show how like deeply pressure and stigma affect people and like how they think about their relationships and identities like it goes so far beyond just like hearing something and like believing it like I think it can become like really internalized so just thought that Mm -hmm. was interesting but I guess we can move on to kind of different topic if anyone wants to throw something in Oh, for sure. Yeah, I wanted to... Go for it. Go for it. Oh, I was just going to say that before we, like, you know, as we keep talking about this, I think I wanted to just, like, recognize how pressure and stigma are kind of actually, like, contradictory topics. Like, you know, we experience, like, the pressure to engage in some form of sexual activity or, like, the pressure to behave a certain way as it pertains to our sex and sexuality. But then there's stigma, which is like, oh, no, don't talk about sex, don't have sex. So they're actually kind of coming from, like, almost opposite directions. They can often correlate, but I feel like oftentimes, you know, stigma might be something we might be experiencing from, like, the adults in our life or or the older generations or, um, like, maybe our cultural communities or some parental figures, whereas the pressure might be more pure or you know in my case like also like media and stuff like that so like recognizing how those are definitely like different things pressure and stigma I think is important as we like move forward talking about it for sure for sure and like what you said segues actually really nicely into something that I like kind of brought up back there but also like was going to go into um and that's like the um idea that we're constantly especially as like I don't know, my experience as a young woman constantly being fed, like, the double standard that I have to have sex and I'm pressured to have sex while also having such, like, an intense stigma around sex, like, the, like, fucking, not to get, sorry to (laughs) swear, but not to get, like, Freudian, but the, like, Madonna whore idea that you can't really have both. You can't be, like, Mm -hmm. one um and the other you have to either be you know a prude or a slut and like it starts when you have sex and once you have sex you lose the option to be one of those identities um yeah yeah. and another thing that was on our notes page that um this made me think about was we were kind of talking about like sexual liberation and like how that ties into feminism Mm -hmm. and like the pressure and stigma around that um and how like sexual liberation and like empowering sexuality and more specifically like female or like woman sexuality is like can be really really helpful for a lot of people and it can be so empowering and like so life-changing 
Um, mm -hmm. But also like with anything on the flip side, it can also be really damaging to people who don't feel like um, they're ready for sex or they don't want to talk about sex or have sex or like maybe they're asexual, maybe they're aromantic and like having all of those pressures and like super conflicting messages like you were saying about like being a slut or being a prude like those are so confusing and I think that like they sit differently with everyone because yeah they're just all over the place yeah yeah I I completely agree with everything um Sophia and Vivian have said and I also feel like um there's like certain acts like sexual acts or sexual behaviors that you know are said to be more okay than others especially when it comes to mm -hmm. youth like oh if you're in a relationship that's monogamous mm -hmm. you should be having penetrative sex that's mm -hmm. like a requirement but for women it's like so much more stigmatized to talk about like masturbation or self-pleasure or any of those other aspects that are completely valid parts oh, of our sexuality sure. yeah yeah i think that that's a really good point to bring up Sorry, we're like, <laughs> we're recording on Zoom or on FaceTime right now. So if you hear like weird gaps, that is because we're all trying our best. Yeah. But and yes, absolutely. It's so awkward um, <laughs> to like awkward. not interrupt someone over. Yeah. So we apologize for your listening experience. But um, one quick thing that I wanted to add also was like um, the whole idea of sexual liberation being a form of like female empowerment and like I don't like using the word female in that sense but I think that it like works in some situations but anyways um like that whole idea is like somewhat recent I feel like the whole movement of like a sexual revolution or like sexual liberation just really got popular between like the 60s and the 80s I feel mm -hmm. and like that's the era that was like considered or like coined the sexual revolution which is when people started to kind of push back on those messages of shame and stigma around sex and I think that that's when a lot of doors open for people like in the queer community and in just like yeah and just in so many communities I think that that was like a huge turning point um and I think that it's important to recognize like that was mostly for cis women and just because it was like a pivotal time for like growth in how society perceives human sexuality, like white women and cis women were and straight women were like the primary um, like, yeah, they benefited most from all of that. But yeah. I think we like growing towards a place or like a point in time where all forms of sexuality at least in like our very like privileged and kind of separated western community like it is it feels like it's becoming more accepted but that is very kind of like personalized to the situation that we're in but I don't know I think that like I like where things are going but we have a long ways to go yeah I don't yeah, know definitely. and I would say that like growing up in like the like in like a lib femi atmosphere um i mean i identify as like very left um very marxist um but growing up in the like portland lib femi atmosphere of like having sex in order to feel liberated in your identity as a woman 
um, like, as a requirement was something that was really detrimental for me in, like, figuring out if I was ready to have sex. Um, I said that really weirdly, sex. Um, but, yeah, I think it's something that really, like, really messed with me as a kid, and I probably had sex too early because of it, just because if I felt like I wasn't having sex, that I was a bad feminist. Um, and that I, like, was a detriment to my uh, you know, gender, because I wasn't, like, comfortable doing this thing, like, I feel like now, a lot of the time, we get pushed this idea that if you're not the most, like, sexually active, like, liberated feminist slut, you can be, like, you're doing a bad job, um, Mm -hmm. and you're not a good feminist, and you need to, like, start, like, having sex as much as possible whenever you can. Yeah, when, like, in reality, sexual liberation is the option and like the ability to have the choice to engage in like um whatever feels good to you like sexually or romantically or whatever you want like it's on it's just about whatever like floats your boat but I think that the media and just like we all have kind of like twisted that whole message and I think that we need to like get back to that point but Yeah, yeah exactly exactly I like completely agree with Sophia like I feel like sexual liberation has been so much twisted into being this whole like do so many hookups like have so many sexual experiences but it's like it's being comfortable in your sexuality no matter what you're sec- being comfortable in your sexuality in a way that it does not depend on someone else that it does not depend on something happening you're just comfortable in your sexuality at all times oh i mean obviously like everything there's gonna be ups and downs one day you might not feel as confident but for mm-hmm. the most part sexual liberation is your own individual thing it does not have to you know pertain to like how many times you've had sex how many different experiences you've had and stuff like that and I think that is just so important to recognize and um, I also wanted to bring up something else which which, I mean obviously it's related but kind of a different point I feel like we can't really talk about the pressure um, surrounding sex without bringing up the topic of virginity and how our like society kind of like pressures people to essentially lose their virginity even mm-hmm. though virginity is a social construct very heteronormative very societally constructed um and just as like a heads up we will do a whole another episode just on virginity because oh, you sure. can talk so much about it but yeah just to like mention it because you know that's one of the main pressures i think especially as young adults and teenagers it's like oh like are you still a virgin oh have you lost your virginity yet you know, and I think the wording itself is so interesting. It's never, have you had sex yet? Or it's, have you lost your virginity? You know, mm-hmm. it's like that wording itself has always like struck me as like problematic. Yeah. And I feel like the concept of virginity is so um, like ingrained in like a sense of like you have to have penetrative sex. Like I had a friend come up to me. Well, not, not, not like recently, but like in a conversation, my friend was like, well, I've had lesbian sex, but I'm bi, but I haven't had, like, sex with a guy. Does that mean I'm still a virgin? Yeah. And, like, stuff yeah. like that is, yeah. It's, yeah, it's so, it's so weird. And, like, I, I do think that that whole, um, like, that whole narrative was definitely, like, seared into our brains at such a young age from, like, teen rom-coms and, like, so many shows and movies where that was like the trope was like a like a very conventionally attractive like 
uh, main character and like the whole movie was just like, ooh, like how is she gonna lose her virginity when it's like, ugh, like why does it have to be something that you like get it over with? Like why can't it be like a positive thing? Why is it like, ooh, like all conspicuous and like scary? Um, but yeah, it, it's just so weird how that's like the crux of every teenage show and it's like, it obviously is gonna get to like it's gonna fuck up kids brains like it's gonna get so confusing and like it just really blurs everything I feel yeah yeah definitely I mean kind of just to add on nothing new but like like Sophia's saying literally every tv show or movie I've watched well maybe not every but like every other there'll be like some character being like dude this is the year we're gonna become popular and lose our virginity <laughs> and that whole thing is just so i mean like it's just not good for like young uh, like young teenagers to be absorbing those messages oh for sure and i think it's gendered really really differently um based on uh you know like like i don't know there's i you me kind of brought it up arna with the like we're gonna have sex this year and lose our virginities, like, versus the, like, oh my god, I just lost my virginity, like, type of narrative, which can sometimes be, like, good and exciting, but, like, it's definitely not framed the same way between, like, the two binary genders, you know, it's always seen as, like, a positive for men whereas like for women it's usually seen as a detriment or at least coded as such like um I was actually watching Scream recently for the the season um and they talk a lot about like like the virgin final girl trope and like the rules of a slasher where like if you um are a virgin you live till the end because you're like rewarded for not having sex yeah it's so strange and I also want to mention that, um, like, it is, like, there are messages about sex that are super harmful in, like, content for teens, like TV shows and movies, but I also think that it's so important to have conversations about sex and virginity and stigma and shame. Like, I think that those topics shouldn't be, like, avoided in, um, like tv shows and movies obviously but i think that like they definitely need a little bit of reform because it's not inherently bad at all to talk about um like sex or virginity or even like being excited to loot to like have sex for the first time um but i think that like for it to be productive and for it to not be um like pressure for like viewers i think that there needs to be representation of like all types of sexual and romantic relationships and also lack thereof like there should be characters who don't want to have sex and there should be characters who like don't feel like it's a big part of their lives and i think that that's something that sex education does really well media critiques but like i think that that show does sex education and like those conversations so well but anyways that's my two cents Yeah. yeah I definitely also wanted to bring up, like, when we were talking about, um, Vivian, you were talking about, like, the gender aspects and, like, the standards surrounding, like, virginity and, like, the whole concept of body count. Like, when it comes to, like, the body mm-hmm. count of, like, men or male-identifying people, it's like, oh, my God, so cool. You pulled so many people, bro. And it's, like, when it comes to, like, the body count of women, it's, like, you know, 
like yeah. completely different it's like bad like ew you know and i feel like that itself is like such a um high standard because it's like i don't understand how people expect people to be in heterosexual relationships and expect guys to have high body counts but for women to just like stay like virgins no, like that's, that's so not weird. how it works um and so it just feels really stupid where we're like live in a society that's like sent like often just like centered around sex and sexual relationships like mm-hmm. um like every movie you watch or every tv show you watch regardless of the genre there's probably some sexual romantic aspect to it it's like how are we still shaming people for like having sex or not or even like not having sex like how is that still a thing i mean it is and it's like really disappointing that it is mm-hmm yeah, uh, we have really big in our show notes, just a huge point I want to iterate in all caps that we have written out. Having sex is also is okay. Not having sex is also okay. You can have sex with whoever you want and how many people you want. Um, and that's, like, the thing that I want to stress the most with this episode is, like, um, yeah, sex is not inappropriate. Sex isn't something you have to, like, restrict based on the number of people that you have, like, sex with. Sex isn't something that should be, like, limited um, based on your gender or, like, sexuality or anything like that. Like, sex for you is entirely how you define it, and it's something that's so incredibly personal that if you're not the person defining, like, um, like, what your sexual experiences look like then that's not okay like point blank Mm -hmm. period yeah absolutely like as long as it's consensual and legal and you feel good about it like you're good that's all the green lights you need but um yeah does anyone else have anything to add yeah i I, this is not the exact same um subtopic but i want to talk a little bit about like the common pressures teenagers face Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of which I've faced myself. I feel like, you know, it's never actually one per- one teenager telling you, like, oh my god, you haven't had sex yet? Gross, you know? Like, that's never happened to me. I feel like it's more so media and subliminal messages. Like, if one of my friends just is casually talking about some sexual experience they've had, um, which is completely okay for them to do. I want my friends to share stuff with me. But if they're talking about it just because of the messaging I've received my entire life, you know, one of the thoughts I'm going to have is, oh, should I be doing this? Oh, is it bad that I'm not doing this? Oh, mm-hmm. when am I going to do this? When is it, like, my turn? You know, like, stuff like that that isn't um, really said by someone else, but it's, like, the messages you absorb. Like, like I mentioned earlier, literally every piece of media has some sexual or romantic aspect you know i think you would be hard pressed to find a movie or tv show on like any streaming service that does not have like a makeout session depicted or even nowadays there's just like full-on sex scenes in pretty much everything you know that aren't pertaining to the plot and that's not bad you know i'm in full support of it as long as like the actors were comfortable with it and everything but i'm just saying it's such a like pervasive part of our society that you watch this and you know in part feel curious in part feel like oh am i missing out on something should i be doing this like it's just everywhere it's there in our real life it's there on like tiktok it's there on like fictional tv shows and stuff 
and so you know one of the questions i feel like often comes up for teenagers is like there's this curiosity where it's like oh what does this actually feel like oh oh what is it and that curiosity is good but i feel like often because of the messages that curiosity can be its like own kind of pressure mm-hmm. um where it's like oh i need to find out what this whole experience is about as soon as possible um without any like actual reflection happening on whether or not that individual is like ready to get into some sort of like sexual activity just because they've been hearing about it a lot and same as like FOMO I feel like more than anything the whole pressure surrounding like sex and like having sex is like the fear of missing out mm-hmm. but like you know ev- like these days one of the main things all teenagers talk about social whether it's on TikTok whether it's on social media or whether it's in interpersonal conversations is is sex like you know they're always like sharing stories about it which again completely okay love that for us but I feel like that can also induce some like fear of missing out. Like if you have a group of friends where everyone's kind of like exchanging stories about like recent hookups, great for them. But there might be someone in that group who's like, wow, I haven't done anything like this. And it's not the fault of the other friends because they're just talking about their experiences, but more the subliminal messages of like, I haven't done this yet. What does it mean for me? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like everything that you were saying, I think also pertains, like, I think a good analogy is like the pressure that exists or like the curiosity that exists around like substance use. Like, I think that like every, like literally every sentence that you were saying, I was like, I think this is exactly how pressure to do substances also shows up for a lot of people because it isn't like, I think pressure most of the time isn't like that, um, like direct like I think no one in high school is ever like oh like you're not having sex and no one's ever like oh like you don't smoke weed like you're such a fucking loser it's not like that it's just like when it's happening around you like you're gonna be curious and you might want to try things out and it's fine if that's like where you're at in life and if you want to do it safely like that's cool but like if you don't want to then don't do it yeah um so I don't know yeah I mean I feel like with like everything um I don't know I feel like with everything I just want to stress like sex is what you make it and um and like I don't know something we haven't really touched on is that a lot of times sex is framed like the only good way to do it is by like if you're married or like if you're going to get pregnant from it um but sex doesn't have a use Besides, like, maybe ideally you having an orgasm, you know? And, like, even that, like, that's not all sex is. Um, So, like, sex is what you make it. um, And there is a lot of, like, visual, visual, sorry, visible pressure and stigma that everyone experiences around it. And it can be different based on, like, gender, sexuality, race, religion, all of these, like, identity factors. But at the end of the day, like sex is what you make it and if it's not what you make it like that's a problem (laughs) um so yeah Yeah, definitely I think that it's like it's just a really personal thing for a lot of people so like just find find a way to like foster a good relationship with sex or no relationship with sex but like I think making it yeah making it your own like Vivian said and just doing whatever works for you is what's most important yeah I completely agree with everything I feel like often we put too much weight 
to like sex as a part of someone's identity or a part of someone's like life experience like talking about sex is super important that's what we're doing right now but i think that often we link someone's like worth or someone's like capability to their sexual experiences Mm -hmm. like i've never seen that explicitly happen but i've definitely seen that like general subliminal subliminal rhetoric or like rhetoric that um oh like you're like a 21 year old virgin you must be like not attractive or like not like no one wants to have like sex with you like you know some kind of like messaging like that like movies like 40 year old virgin and stuff like that where it's like oh you're like this ugly um non-attractive like does has no game doesn't know what they're doing with their life guy like that's literally the role steve carell plays in that movie and it's like oh like yeah. you have no suave nothing and that's the, like you are basically taking this aspect of someone's identity which is like sex and like how much they've had sex and you're turning it into like a, a factor of their worth which i think yeah. is just something our society does too often where it's like oh i haven't had sex i haven't kissed anyone does that mean i'm not attractive does that mean that i'm not um you know worthy does that mean that no one likes me and i feel like that's just such a harmful rhetoric and i you know that's one of the things one of the things we had written in our like notes was that sex doesn't change anyone it's something you do don't do it's up to you you know there's this whole like narrative of like oh i just lost my virginity i'm a whole new person i don't i haven't met anyone who's gone through that whole like i'm a whole new person thing if you do good for you because it's your experience and it's valid but it's like very pressuring to like put this whole idea of like oh it's life-changing you have to have sex you have to do it now it's going to change you it really might not it might often be kind of anticlimactic and it might not like it might be great and that's amazing and we support it but i think that you put just like we as a society put too much um importance and like sex is part of like someone's identity and work absolutely um and also it's not like a monolithic experience just monolithic <laughs> yeah that's a word but every episode i'm like is that a word <laughs> but yeah like it's not a monolithic experience um for anyone because like everyone is so different everyone's on their own journey everyone has their own super complex relationship with sex and sexuality like with its own subtleties and preferences and everything so Mm -hmm. it shouldn't matter to you unless it matters to you yeah um a statistic that i like to cite a lot that like blows everyone's mind when i say it is that like coming out of high school only 50 percent of high schoolers will have had sex like only 50 percent of people will have lost their virginity or had like any type of sexual encounter so either way like where we are at right now like if you're listening to this as one of our peers like you're perfectly normal um Mm -hmm regardless of your sexual experience like whether you've had like no partners or like 50 you're valid you know as much as like that word is overused and kind of trite like your experience is completely normal for where you're at um agreed 100 i love that statistic and i love sharing it with people and i think it's so valuable because truly like wherever you're at you're good um so yeah with that, should we close, maybe? Should we do our little closing? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think I think we um, got to a good place. And like we said, a lot of these topics will come up again. 
Um, yeah. We're going to do a, another episode of like virginity and stuff like that. So if you have any like questions or like if you have anything you want to bring up to us, definitely email us, DM us on Instagram and we can take those like ideas into consideration for future episodes. Yes, we would love your feedback. Love, love, love. Um, our Instagram is at dirtytalk.pod. Um, and then our email is dirty with two Ys, talk with two Ks at gmail.com. Our, our dirty talk podcast, dirty talk with two Ys and two Ks podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Sorry, space. So shoot us an email, shoot us a DM. Um, you could also DM any of our personal Instagram accounts. And we would love to hear from you and get back to you and have wonderful conversations with you. Absolutely. Okay, should we do media and then our little... Oh, wait, are we doing media and pet peeves? Yeah, we can do media recs and pet peeves. Okay, who wants to start? Um, I can go. Cool. Okay, my pet peeves, I definitely have, like, a lot. Loud chores for mm. ones like people who, like, chew really loudly are like super annoying to me um and this one's a bit selfish this one might be a little bit mean but in full honesty i i I wouldn't say pet peeve but i always find it hard to connect with someone who has nothing they're passionate about Mm -hmm. like absolutely nothing and i feel like often like that's just a part of growing up and i understand it like even if you're like passionate about shopping or like watching tv shows like something that's really your brand i i genuinely connect with like those people the most it could be anything um but yeah i can't think of my other pet peeves right now but definitely loud chores oh cannot um and then my media recs i i I finished watching squid game i feel like everyone's either already Mm -hmm. watched it or is watching it right now very good i don't think i need to recommend it because i feel like that's on everyone's to watch list already um oh i watched only murders in the building on hulu Mm. it's like selena gomez and um two like older actors i think it's martin short and some other guy huh. who are both like fairly famous, but I can't bear to remember their names. Hmm. But it's really good. It's murder mystery set in like this wealthy apartment complex in New York. Um, the way I describe it, it's like Gossip Girl with murder, except it's not all teenagers. Two of them are like older guys, like cool. old grandpa guys who are actually really sweet. But um, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, definitely recommend. Super good. The last episode of this season came out yesterday. So you can totally binge this season right now. One of the best shows I've watched in a long time. Um, so 100% recommend. And then I finally caught up on the last season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which was, I was really proud of the job they did because they definitely tackled the whole topic of police brutality um, and ACAB and all of that stuff. And I'm really proud of them for doing that. So yeah oh, definitely cool. if you're a Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan season eight is up now it's like pretty good I really like it sweet yeah that's solid I kind of stopped watching that um I can go next if y'all want or are you done Arna yes yes I am okay um let's see I haven't been watching much tv I watched Scream the other day that was pretty good I would recommend a classic um new Mitski single just dropped I think it's incredible I have tickets to go see her. Um, 
which I'm so excited about. Oh my god, I've been listening to Mitski since like the sixth grade. Um, so I've been going crazy over her return, which is really exciting. I recently also got into Claro's new album, Sling, um, which is surprising because I was never really into Claro, but then she did her folk turn, and I think my friend Ezra, um, who actually has a band called Rhododendron, um, shout out, y'all should check them out because they're really sick, um, just real quick, my friend Ezra was like, you should listen to this, I think you'd really like it, and let's unsurprisingly I did I loved it um so yeah that's been really good I've been listening to quite a bit of Radiohead I feel like it's Radiohead season um what else watch over the garden wall if you do anything watch over the garden wall um I found Nostalgia Ultra the Frank Ocean album as a podcast on Spotify the person that updated uh uploaded its username is like Calate dot way that's c a l l a t e dot w e y. So if you're a Frank Ocean fan, you know like how hard that stuff is to find on streaming services. But it's up on Spotify right now as a podcast, um, which is sick. I've really been enjoying it. But yeah, I think that's it from me. Oh, pet peeves. Um, I really hate it when couples you see couples like out in public and they're sitting at a booth and they're both sitting at the same side. I think that's weird, um, and I think it shouldn't be allowed. Uh, that's my biggest one. I think it's so annoying. (laughs) I think it's so (laughs) annoying. Um, but yeah, okay. I'm passing it to Sophia now. Um, okay. So, pet peeves. I was trying to think of them, and as I, like, I made this huge list. Like, when I say huge, I mean, like, double-sided, like, piece of paper. (laughs) But so many of them, I realized, were just, like, they were me problems. Like, no. those are I could be annoyed at people at. Like, that is fully a reflection of my own. Yes, um, definitely. Oh, my I God. Mean, I mean, not, like, <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah. You're the problem, <laughs> Sophia. Like, my whole thing of, like, people should be passionate about stuff. It's more of a me thing than, like, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, yeah, like, one of my pet peeves is, like, a hairstyle. And I was like, that's so unfair. <laughs> I, but they're like very specific ones like I'm not the best driver you've both been in a car with me <laughs> I am like I would say mediocre mm. but I do have like medium to severe road rage and so <laughs> I get very very angry when people don't use their blinker and they're getting into mm. my lane yeah um, I get very annoyed when people are slow in the left lane that also pisses me off these are valid um, and then another pet peeve is like sand I think it is the worst thing Ever. Yeah, like it gets everywhere. I don't like it, but I like the beach, so it's like a complicated relationship I have going with sand for sure. Uh, and my last one is uh, bare feet, but like other people's bare feet, and when they're like near Ooh. me, or, like I do not fuck with that. Like, put your socks on. Um, anyways, media, I would say obviously Squid Game. There's a new season of You that just came out, like a couple days ago I think really good and then a new Christian leave song came out today I think or like yesterday incredible so so good so that's my media and those are my pet peeves 
cool, cool. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Yeah. Um, before bearing with our um, recording issues. Uh-huh. If Possibly crunchy really audio. To, oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if this was hard to listen to, I'm sorry. But yeah, if you make it all the way here, I'm very grateful. We love you. Uh, so much. We hope you have a good week. We hope your retrograde wasn't too brutal. Yeah. Yeah, and our next episode will be on STIs, FYI. Yes, our next episode will be on STIs. It will be a more informational one, so if you fuck with that, stay tuned. Um, I think we have, like, uh, 47 listeners on our first episode, which is, like, really Woo! good oh, considering really good. the length. Like, thank y'all <laughs> so much. Um, I was so jazzed when I logged on today and saw that. I was like, holy cow, it hasn't even been a month yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, we love doing this, and we hope to continue. Uh, yeah. Stay dirty. Yeah. <laughs> See you in the next one. Bye.